you're new into a role, definitely, definitely lean on your colleagues and just say, hey, this is the situation. You've dealt with this person before. How would they best handle this? Welcome back to another episode of HPG Engage the Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of sitting with Samantha Phillips, who's a medical devices sales rep here in New South Wales. How are you today? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for the warm welcome. No, you're very, very welcome. First of all, thank you very much for sitting down with us. We've been trying to get you on here for a while, but <laughs> you're a little bit of a jet setter, <laughs> having a good time. Um, we're, here at HPG, we're all about work-life balance, so I was yeah. I was here for you having your holidays and having a good time, so <laughs> it's good to have you. Good to have you. Thank you, you. thank you. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you are a medical devices sales rep. Yes, Um correct. Based in New South Wales, pretty much, but can you just give us a a little bit of insight at the start. Where did you go to university? What did you study? And I mean, why did you decide to study it as well? Yeah, of course. Um, So from the beginning, I used to actually want to be a doctor. So that was my goal. I said to my dad one day, yep, I'm going to be a doctor. And he's like, cool. Like, what do you have to do to get there? So did a few courses, didn't get the marks I wanted to to go Mm. straight into medicine. So I started doing medical science at University of Technology, Sydney. Loved it, loved everything about the human body. Um, and then from there, I did really well in the first year and then I sort of started to get a good taste for partying yeah. and traveling. <laughs> Happens all the time. Yes. Yeah. And then that distant dream of wanting to be a doctor kind of got more and more distant. Yeah. And then I just realized maybe medicine's not for me. Um, so I completed my medical science degree and yeah, just kind of landed in a sales role, not in med tech, and then did two years to get some sales experience and then... Yeah found my feet in a med tech role and then the rest was history i love that so the plan wasn't to go into med tech at all it was kind of no. just serendipitous just kind of fell yeah at your yeah. feet yeah and like, what, i didn't even know that a med tech role existed i feel like that's a massive issue whenever there's people going through universities i guess like you said you had a plan of being a doctor and it obviously didn't work out but mm. then you're not really given any idea of what your options are i find when i speak to people Mm. within certain roles in healthcare they kind of it's kind of just fell on their feet yes they were doing a nursing degree and they just by chance was happened just fall into this placement and they realize that they love working with kids and then Mm. they decide to pursue a career in kids there's not really a set trajectory of like these are your options moving forward if you do this degree you kind of figure it out after for sure, for sure. Yeah. I think that could even be like education within the school system. Like when you go to see your school counsellor and, you know, they'd be made aware that this is a career opportunity. Mm. Yeah, because like you said, nurses, a lot of physios, a lot of people that did medical science but don't really know what they want to do. Yeah. They work in a lab. Then they kind of find themselves in med tech. I mean, like medical science seems like a good degree to have because it covers, allows you to cover so many different parts of, of healthcare, I guess. Definitely, yeah. 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 Um. And then you said that you kind of fell into med tech. What do you mean by that? Like what position in life were you at to have gotten you to fall into that? So I was working for an IT sales company. So we sold headsets and audio devices. And then we actually went and sold into Striker. So I went and did a tour of their head office. Yeah. Saw it. I was like, what is this company? Did my research. And then I networked. I had a friend that actually worked there that I used to work with in a bar. Mm. Spoke to her and she's like, oh, there's a few roles opening. Like, let me refer you in. And then, yeah, the rest was history. I love that. Again, the importance of networking. Oh, so important. The importance of knowing people within the industry and just building those relationships constantly because you never really know where you're going to be in life, where that person may be of benefit 
to you exactly. or you benefit to them. Exactly. Even just, yeah, proactively reaching out, not burning your bridges. Mm. Definitely, yeah. And then now you're in medical devices as a sales rep. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to me, I guess, what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah, of course. So I'll walk you through my day yesterday. So it was a Monday Please. morning. I thought I had a bit of visibility as to what my day was going to look like. So I was going to do some training in the morning and then go cover some cases in the afternoon. So the morning started, chaos ensued. <laughs> <laughs> There's no real predictability in that. Um, did my training and then I was supporting cases um, till about 11 p.m. last night. So, 11 p.m.? Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine the day-to-day of someone within your role is not it's not the same every day. It's no. very, very different. No two days are the same. Yeah. But I kind of like that because otherwise Keeps I get bored. Keeps on your toes, office, yeah. Yeah, office job. I just get bored five days a week doing the same thing. So, so what does what does your version of, I guess, chaos look like if you had, if you'd initially planned out a day mm-hmm. that you're going to do and then chaos? What would take you away from your regularly scheduled programming? Um, I guess chaos would be, so I like to have visibility and have a plan of what my day is going to look like. I know it's mm. not going to go down to a T, but say, for example, if I had the three cases and then I get a call three hours before and it's the hospital saying, hey, your kit or your implants aren't arrived, mm. then you go into panic you mode and, and like, oh. you got to troubleshoot and yeah. then you've got to think what hospitals are around there, where can I get this from, how do I get this there in time to be sterilized or in time for the case. So is there a level of you having to liaise with, I guess, people within a customer service um, company for the medical device within your company that you work for and then also a logistics manager of some sort or would you just be the mm. person handling all the logistics if that was to arise? No, so I guess you sort of have to triage. You have to find out the facts because if I call customer service, I'll say, yep, it was delivered. And then from there, I know that it's somewhere in the hospital. Okay. If they say we have no record of it being delivered, then I'd go liaison say scheduling or yeah logistics or something like that and then sort of detective soul from there <laughs> wow okay i'm trying to get my head around that How, so where does priority i guess take precedent in something like that would be the most so if so if, for example you had your day planned mm-hmm. and there's a surge there's a surgeon expecting your device yes and you get a call hey mm-hmm. where is this mm-hmm What's, what would be the first thing you would do then? Take a big deep breath on the phone. Yeah. Try and sound cool, calm and collected yeah. and just say, hey, doc, this, really I've good question. This. Let me look up, look into that for you. And yeah. And then that's when you sort of start going through the process of like, okay, yeah. I need to speak to the hospital, speak to delivery, yes. speak to customer service, da, 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 da. and yeah. then, like you said, you get your facts and then you go from there. Yeah. Normally it wouldn't be the doctor that calls you. Like he wouldn't really be aware. Okay. Sometimes if he... Say, for example, they don't look at the x-rays and then they look at the x-rays three hours before and they're like, oh, we actually need X implant, which I didn't originally book with you. Mm. Then that's a whole nother Another uh, process. process to get that there for them. But I think as well, you just got to be realistic with the communication to say, look, you give me three hours. That was going to be my next three question. Three hour, yeah. yeah. Sterilizing window, like realistically, if I even if I bend over backwards, I'm probably not going to be able to get it ready for the first yeah. case. What are our options here? So just having an open line of communication and... I guess being realistic and I think that's such a key because we talk about that we have a sales and marketing division here at HPG and we recruit and mm. um, people for your roles mm. <coughs> all over Australia and I think that's probably one of the main attributes that we speak about which is mm. what we'll, we'll cover later on the podcast but we speak about that communication mm. between your the sales rep 
um, customer service, I guess a surgeon or whoever you'll be dealing with prior mm. to the surgery is so key and also managing the expectation that they have mm. because obviously if you're a surgeon or a doctor and, and your your sole role is to make this patient better, yeah. you just want that device to be there. You yeah. don't really care how it gets there as exactly. long as long as it's working, it's sterile yeah. and it's in their operation room. Yeah. That's all that matters. So I guess from you, it's like you want that for them as well. Yeah. But also there's the level of I need to let you know that this might not be possible today. Yeah. You could potentially have to move the the operation date kind of thing. Exactly. Because then on the other side, if you're like, yeah, I can get it there and then they put the patient to sleep and you for some reason can't get it there, then that's going to be way, way, way worse. Way worse, yeah. Than just being honest and upfront and just saying, hey, it's an unrealistic time frame. Like, I can't do it. And usually what's the response if you're kind of, if, if that's what you say? I think so long as you've tried, then they're generally okay with it. Yeah. If, you know, it was a hindsight on their behalf. Um, but yeah, it, the they're generally never predictable how they get apps. And that kind of leads me into, I guess, another question. We can't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to think that Every a lot of part of your role is very challenging, but what are some key challenges mm-hmm. that you as a medical sales rep actually face? Key challenges. Mm. Yeah, I guess just dealing with such a diverse, I want to say spectrum of personalities on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I can only imagine. So, you know, from the surgeons, which are a whole spectrum in themselves, and mm-hmm. you've got your nums, which are, they like to have power. Would it, who, who? Nums, nursing unit managers. Okay, I've yeah. never heard that term. Learn yeah. something new every day. Nums, nursing nums. Manager. Yeah. Okay. So if you ever work within a hospital, each so you have a cardiac num, you'd have an orthopedic num. You'd okay. Have a, they pretty much work under the surgeon just to make sure that everything everything's sorted, runs smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I guess because you're working with so many different people, mm. you're probably method in which you communicate with each person is going to be very very different. Because obviously a surgeon, uh, a surgeon is going to be very different to someone working in customer service or customer service can be very different to a numb in the yep. hospital. Yep. So how do you even figure out what the best way to communicate? Because one person might accept you saying it's not going to be ready mm. and another might be like, that's not going to work for us. We mm. need to we need to do that. What's What would be your go-to in that situation? Have you ever find yourself in that situation? Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I think if you're new into a role, definitely, definitely lean on your colleagues and just say, hey, this is the situation you've dealt with this person before, how would they best handle me telling them the news? I like so that. Lean on your colleagues. Yeah. If you've been in the role for a little bit longer, again, just keeping that consistent communication. Like if you get the list a day before and then you put the booking on and then you get a call that evening to say, hey, the stuff can't be delivered, then I guess just take ownership. Don't say it wasn't my fault, but just say, look, I put the booking on as soon as you booked it. Yeah. This was the steps that I took. Unfortunately, this is the what's happened, so we can't get it there, I think. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with such very intricate things, like, mm. like a medical device, which is for a patient on a mm. table. Yeah. The intricacies of the small little details can make a massive, massive difference. Yeah. Do yeah. you have any, I guess, <clears throat> key memories or one memory that stands out to you about your experience <laughs> as a medical sales rep? I got many, many <laughs> PTSD experiences. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. you're, you're in... You're in the operating room quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, for example, I, we obviously follow each other on social media. Mm. Like I remember the other day you put up a, 
picture of you in the operating room <laughs> and the surgeon was playing your mix. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, which was that's insane. So it was like, <laughs> let's put on your DJ mix while I open this patient up. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, he's known as a techno doctor, yeah. and then he found out I was. Oh a DJ. no, <laughs> loves that's it. so good. Yeah, that must yeah. have been a really cool feeling, though. It was, yeah. Yeah, ecstatic. And he was just like dancing away. He's like, cheer. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I've made it. <laughs> head in the game, Doc. Head in the game. I know, I know. Focus back on the patient. <laughs> um, so, for example, then, when you're in the operating room with the... Are you there the whole way? Yeah, pretty much. Or before. And yeah. And you just make sure everything is there. You're there to set the nurse up. You're there to answer the questions during the surgery. Yeah. And then you're there to sort of put stuff away after the surgery. Yeah, so that was going to be <clears throat> my question. So whenever you're in the operating room, you're... What is your main reason for being there? Mostly for clinical support. Okay. Because yeah. I guess you could probably be taking this medical device into a surgeon that's never used it before. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the situation? So it's you're pretty much there saying, this is how it's used. If you need any, mm-hmm. if you need any answers, ask me and I'll I'll help you help you through it. Yeah. So you're there for technical support for the surgeon, and then as well if a nurse isn't too familiar. So say you have about eight trays of instruments, you've got probably two hundred different instruments then you have to assemble them. So you're there to sort of articulate to the nurse. A goes with B. Okay. We're going to use one, two, three in that sequential order. Just have those ready for mm. the surgeon to grab. So you're there to just make it all run a bit smoother. Are you touching the devices at this point? They're all, they're all putting it together. You're just literally yeah. talking them through it. Yeah. So it's a sterile insane. field and you can't do it. So you yeah. have a laser pointer or you just have to articulate. That is crazy to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So the, the first time you were ever in that situation, what was what was that like? What was kind of the thought process going, thinking, I'm about to go into an operating room <laughs> to teach someone yeah. who's been studying to do this job <laughs> for over 20 years and I'm telling them how to use the device. What's, what's kind of the thought process there for you whenever the first time you went into that? Yeah, I remember this day, like, clear, clear as it was yesterday. Um, I walked into, it was at Northern Beaches Hospital. I think I was like three weeks in. I walked up to the hospital and then I see the nurse come out and she sees that I'm the, the rep. And she's like, oh, yes, like we've got a rep here. <laughs> so that made me feel a bit better. And I think going into it, knowing that they would be worse off without me there. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, look, you're Love adding that. some value. You're not adding all the value that you can. But you're adding enough that they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small wins. Yeah, then, for sure. It's, yeah. A team, it's a team sport. It is. It Pretty is. much, yeah. yeah. It all makes the call go round exactly. each and every one of you exactly we have these little like posters that had like the back table layout of like the thing so you just put it up and then the nurse is like let me do it I was like yep you do it because <laughs> I've got no idea what I'm doing <laughs> yeah I think you should do it yeah. you should practice good practice yeah <laughs> I love that um, so obviously within healthcare especially med dev there's constant new developments and new technology coming out what is your go-to means of i guess staying on top of that Mm. and also then using that within your medical sales career yeah of course um i think linkedin has a lot of valuable resources on it so you've got your companies posting you've got your surgeons posting um so if they did a paper on say i don't know latest arthroscopy within the knee then they're more than happy to talk about that yeah so just going on there seeing in the comments of other surgeons and then yeah, using that. There's lots of podcasts that you can do as well. Yeah. Um, and then there's a website called ViewMedi. It's kind of like YouTube, but it's just for medical videos. Okay. Yeah. So you can watch like surgical procedures and different techniques on that as well. I'm loving the real life 
advice that you've given <laughs> because I wasn't expecting you to say LinkedIn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was not where I was going, but oh, really? that, no, it's I wasn't. True, though. I mean, I, I know because obviously we're a recruitment company, so yeah. we know LinkedIn is so important. Yeah. But the first thing wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought LinkedIn. So yeah. that's amazing. So. So what did you say? You said LinkedIn because surgeons mm -hmm. post quite a lot of research on there and there's always conversation in the comments. Yeah. A lot of the younger, more up and coming surgeons will yeah. do like, like videos. Will take advantage of, yeah. of, of the social media. Yeah. Podcasts as well. Yeah. And what was the website that's YouTube for surgeons? Uh, ViewMedi. ViewMedi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And then you then, you actively would go and have a look to see what's happening within that and then you would take that and use it within your day-to-day -day role, I guess. Yeah, and that yeah. would just be more if you wanted to have a chat to a surgeon about, I guess, their incision approach mm. or something, like a new and upcoming technology, then you could sort of use that and say, oh, I saw a really interesting video on this. What's your thoughts? Mm, okay. Again, there. building that relationship and yes. building that networking, yes. which actually brings me on to my next question. Yeah. How do you build that trust with your customers? Because, I mean, there, we've got plenty of medical devices companies mm. across the world, mm. in Australia, New South Wales, plenty of medical reps, and the, the competition's obviously there. Yeah. What, what is your, your go-to in order to, of, order to do that, I guess, is what I'm asking. Yeah. So I think How do you convince them to trust you and your devices? Naturally, it takes time. I think earning the right to sell, just being yourself, you know, going in, saying hi, like they are people at the end of the day. Yeah just having that yeah open line of initial conversation definitely that helps yeah mm. and then just asking questions like surgeons love talking about themselves <laughs> okay <laughs> surgeons do you hear that yeah no <laughs> but you know if you so i'm like fairly new into this newest role five weeks and i just ask questions yeah. read the room obviously at the appropriate time hey doc that's really cool i haven't seen this before why do you do that and then they start talking and then they start opening up and then from there you kind of get that open dialogue and mm. then if it permits you can sort of start asking oh so where did you do your training oh in france oh cool like just have those conversations yeah, you're trying to build slowly... that relatability yeah 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 and i guess it's like you said it's good to ask them the questions because the more they talk the more they'll end up revealing and then the more yeah. you'll get to see i guess what their needs are without them even tell without yeah. them even realizing exactly so they can that. mention that oh we do this do this this last surgery was a bit of a struggle because mm. so and so and so mm -hmm. and you're like oh my goodness funny yeah. you should say that mm -hmm. my device helps you do that yeah yeah so you get their pain points you i exactly. guess you can see what other devices that they're using use that not use that as inside knowledge but yeah next time you go see them i mean it's sales yeah oh yeah no, <laughs> it's it literally is. what it is yeah. <laughs> i love that um and then in terms of so if a surgeon was to come to you with concerns about a device yeah how how would you handle that i guess nine times out of ten if they have a concern mm. it's i don't want to say it's user error but i guess you just delve a little bit deeper around like they come to you and say oh this is crap because it doesn't do this yeah like okay cool like what did you try to get it to do that oh well i didn't because it doesn't do it and it's like well okay you know because i guess from your standpoint you're pretty much aware of every single capability of the device yeah i guess so if yeah. a surgeon was to come to you and say it didn't do this mm -hmm. you know that it can do that yeah so then it's kind of then like you said troubleshooting having that conversation yeah it is but it's also i guess just like listen to their complaint first of get course. an understanding of why they're saying it doesn't do it rather than if you just go well yes it does it does this yeah then, you're the problem kind of thing yeah <laughs> don't say that's that that's not gonna go well exactly. that's not gonna go well 
Uh, and so I guess what I wanted to also touch on are some of the, I guess, the changes within the industry yeah. since you first started. Yeah. Obviously, there's going to be a lot because we've just had three years of a pandemic, <laughs> which obviously continues because you're in a hospital. So, you know, they're still pretty strict in those things. Mm-hmm. But is there anything in particular, I guess, that you can say definitely that that is very, very different to your first day to today? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of changes in regulations. Like in the med tech industry, there's been a lot of tightening of restrictions, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. You have to document even if you go buy a surgeon coffee. Like you have to have a sales agenda meeting to claim it because they're our healthcare professionals. Mm. So so it's not seen as bribery, I guess. Okay. So it's got to all be documented. So before, when you first started, that wasn't a thing. You could document. Coffee. Like if it was a coffee... If you're just like, oh, do you want a coffee? You wouldn't have to have that thought process of, I need to write this down. Yeah. But now it's very much so actually. You have to have a sales agenda discussed with the surgeon to claim the coffee. That's insane. Yeah. And you think that derives from what the level of competition that there is now within the industry? Or what do you think that, where that stems from? I think so. Yeah. I think a few companies have been sort of dragged through the mud like, oh, you know, you bought me a trip over to America in order for me to use more of your products. So I think it's just having that transparency. I mean, a coffee and a trip to America is very different. I know, I know. But it's kind of like, where do you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, where where do you, where you draw the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's very much, every, everyone wants to be making money at the end of the exactly. day as well. So yeah. I can imagine that was that was happening as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's probably so that, a cost-saving thing as well. Um, there have been a bit more tighter restrictions around costs as mm. well. So, you know, supply chain, everything like cost of inflation that's all causing a increase an increase in, yeah yeah everything costs associated with implants everything like that so that definitely plays a part as well and in terms of your experience during the pandemic as a sales rep because obviously mm-hmm. we all know sales rep move then you product you can move around quite a bit mm. how was that then for you trying to navigate the world that you've always known as as a sales rep mm. And then now not being able to really do that because a lot of it's very face-to-face interaction with your customers. Yeah. What was that like for you? Yeah, it's tough. And I think as well, like a lot of the surgeons, I had some heart-to-hearts with some of my surgeons and they mm. lost, you know, 80% of their income. Yeah, for sure. Overnight and they just couldn't operate. So I think it's about being respectful to them having those conversations and just say yeah it sucks like it's not the right time for me to push a product on you a because you're not operating b because you've got so many things things. to worry about yeah yeah and what's like your biggest learning curve from that whole experience i guess just being empathetic like on i'm not lying the word empathy was in my head (laughs) yeah yeah even taking that out of like the covid thing yeah realizing that you know, the surgeon's main thought isn't just the implants or isn't just the rep. They mm, have so, so much, much other stuff going on, yeah. Okay. So putting yourself in their shoes before you, I guess, jump to conclusions or make any vast decisions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess if we go into the industry, you've been in the industry for about five years now? Yep. Five years? Um, And you said that you weren't even planning on being here. You wanted to be... Um, a medical doctor and then this kind of just fell into your lap and you're loving it so far and mm-hmm. um, what advice could you give to someone who's maybe thinking about starting a career within medical devices 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, network as much as possible. Just mm. reach out to as many people. If there is a job opportunity at a company, just go onto LinkedIn and see people that are similar in your role. Reach out to them and say, hey, can I use five minutes of your time just to pick your brains, A, about the role, B, about the company. Just make sure that it's, A, a good fit for you mm-hmm. and B, that you have an understanding of what the role actually entails. I think that's a, yeah, key advice I'd give. Do you have another one? I should have asked you three. <laughs> um, just advice, advice. yeah, okay. for someone. Yeah. Um, networking. Yeah, just do your research. Stay up to date with the latest technologies. Um, and number three. Yeah, just start building resilience. Sales resilience. is like, sales in med tech is one of the toughest gigs I think yeah. you can get. Like you get told no so much, so... Yeah, start practicing your resilience because it's only going to get harder. <laughs> and my next question, which is a bit more of industry insight as well. So based on your experience, what are probably three qualities that you say make a good medical sales representative? Very, very good question. So at the beginning of my career and now would have been like three totally different answers. Okay, can I get both then? <laughs> what would be the beginning of the career? Okay, beginning of the career, I think know your stuff before you go sell to a surgeon because there's nothing worse than not knowing your stuff and doing a sales call Mm -hmm. or pretending to know your stuff. Um, I think just being able to mirror different types of personalities. Like we mentioned before, you have to deal with a whole array of people within, I guess, the buying process, within going into a hospital. Mm. So just if someone's in a bad mood and they're normally really nice, just know, okay, maybe they're not in the mood for small talk today. Read the room Mm. type thing. Um, and then thirdly, always reach out to your colleagues. Like it can be quite lonely and isolating in a territory role because you're, you're moving much, around quite a lot. Yeah, you are. You're on the road quite a bit and you're left to just, I guess, manage your own territory to your own device. So even just reaching out to colleagues to say, hey, how's your week? What wins have you had? What losses have you had? You can, I guess, learn so much from them. Mm. Um, yeah, your colleagues are just invaluable. And then also helps you make make you feel less lonely so wait I, I forgot so you were actually you were a territory manager for a while yes how, how was that experience for you having to I guess move around yeah it yeah. was good so as a so if you start as a junior territory manager then you're sort of not allocated to a single territory you pop around quite a bit mm. you help out the other more senior territory managers when you have your own designated territory that's when you have your set hospitals or your set surgeons and then from there you travel around a bit less so things become a little bit more familiar. Okay. And, yeah. All right. Yeah. And then <clears throat> what are three qualities that you think are important for a medical sales role? Yeah. Definitely. Today. Yep. Communication. Just having that open line between the nurse, between the surgeon, between customer service and managing that expectation. Definitely very important. Um, communication. The ability to say, I don't know. <laughs> That will get you so far. Yeah, we've, day, we've had that one before. Yeah. It's a very good one. Yeah, yeah. The day you pretend to know the answer, the day your not career is over. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, having went to bank, what's it called when you build up credibility? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Credibility goes out the window for if you sure. pretend like you know something. Um, I also feel within healthcare, 
you don't have the wiggle room to pretend to know something. No. It's people's lives at stake. If you don't know something, you just got to say you don't know. Yeah. But I'll find out. Yeah, exactly. I'll figure it out and I'll let you know. Even just stroke the surgeon's ego, go, really good question. Yeah. I think I know the answer. I just want to make sure. Let me get back to you in two minutes. Is that right? They'll be like, yeah, cool. Because like, they'll be like, ooh, I stumped them. Yes. I stumped yep. them. <laughs> yeah. In reality, like, I've got no, no idea. idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the third one. Um, so communication. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Saying I don't know. And I think as well, definitely in the orthopedic space, it's just feeling comfortable saying no. So when you start out, you're all about serviceability. You're all about wanting to, I guess, just please the surgeon, please your colleagues. It kind of gets to a point where it is taxing. You will burn out. Yeah. Knowing your boundaries and knowing where, like say if you've done three late nights and then someone's like, oh, can you cover this case for me? Just say, hey, look, I've had three late nights. I can't. Putting yourself first and yeah, saying no. And I think as well, setting that expectations with your hospitals that you're not going to come cover every single case. Yeah. Like it's one thing to be the cool rep in the room that they want there every single time, mm. but you can sort of get into that hand-holding yes, practice. Okay. And then that's when you're going to be there all hours of the night, all more, like all hours of the morning. So, Is there a particular amount of times that you would, I guess, go into the hospital with a surgeon for them to operate with your device? So, for example, if it's if you go in for the first time, you say, would they need to have you in maybe three or four? Or does it depend? depend on the actual surgeon so one surgeon might need you in five times one might need you in three how do you how do you even man this is just a question just popped mm. in my head mm. how do you ma- how do you manage that expectation of your i guess your availability as well yeah it depends on the surgeon i it depends on the level of the nurses mm. so if the nurses are more than comfortable if they know what they're doing then you don't really need to be there yeah yeah and that's pretty much it yeah okay yeah, it depends as well, I guess, on what other cases are there because sometimes you may need to physically be there, even if you have a very experienced theatre, like, yeah, theatre going theater on. Theatre team and theatre, uh, If yeah. you've had, say, four cases the day before and then two cases that morning of, then there's going to be a lot of implants missing. There's going to potentially be the risk of trays not being ready. So okay. just to make everything go smoothly, then you might just have to pop in the hospital in the morning. Just make sure that CSSD everything's across there. it, the nums are across it, yeah everything's there for the case okay yeah beautiful and final question Mm -hmm. what are your hopes for the future of healthcare what are my hopes i think that i hope that technology is going to play a big part in the future Mm. i hope that it doesn't play too big of a part that makes sense and i completely get it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you see yeah. some of those futuristic movies and you're like wow that we is need scary. some human elements yes. constantly yeah yes. like yeah. no ai nurses or things like that <laughs> they they actually are starting to introduce that in regional hospitals so they'll have like an ai so you'll i think it's for pediatric patients mm. but you'll go into the hospital and then they have like an ai system or like a computer of like system yeah. talking but to the patient through. yeah and okay it's like no. asking you the pre- questions and then oh, like a pre-screening kind of thing pre-screening they, they put you into the inpatient or whatever yeah but because they don't have the doctors up there if you if it gets flagged in the pre-screening that hey baby's underweight or something like that then it'll tell you to set up an appointment with a doctor in like a bigger city so it oh okay no we can't be doing that no it's no. quite scary yeah that is scary but on the contrary <clears throat> like they can't get the staff out there also true so yeah. it's good that they have i guess access to healthcare yeah but it's, it's like trying to find scary. that balance yeah yeah scary what is happening there now and what mm. can, that can become yeah yeah 
so yeah, futuristic, but not too futuristic. Mm. And yeah, I hope we get more nurses because I think the industry is struggling at the moment. I saw a t- statistic the other day that I think it's one in three nurses are thinking of leaving. Like their conditions, oh. working conditions. Privates are a lot better, but sometimes the public, they just... They just get overrun. Yeah. yeah. It's the same. It, it seems to be a, a thing everywhere, mm. especially like the UK. Mm. Everyone knows the NHS is completely overrun mm. and they're having strikes all the time so that mm. seems to be the case across so many different countries so i'm hoping yeah and yeah. i'll be the same that yeah. hopefully that changes in the near future yeah yeah you just pay them more <laughs> give them more money yeah. <laughs> um that is it perfect cool. thank you very much sam for sitting down with us today that was an amazing i hope everyone that has listened has learned quite a bit <laughs> i know i have given us an inside into a medical sales representative Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. (laughs)